1: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, a Wrexham podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news, and interviews from around the race course now if you're new around here make sure to subscribe but enough of that let's get on with the show
1: Hello, thank you for joining us on the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red. A bit of a different one this week. Uh, we caught up with Andy morell and Mark Crichton to get their views on Wrexham's season so far, the January transfer window, and what lies ahead in the business end of the season as well. So we'll be hearing from Moza and the Beast coming up shortly. But, Nafe, it's been a busy old week as well. We had transfer deadline day, of course. Tom O'Connor finally completing his expected move To Wrexham, we had a couple of exits as well. I mean, there's that weird feeling maybe after the weekend. Some fans will be saying it's two points dropped. Some will be saying it's a point gained, given the circumstance. How are you feeling this week ahead of facing Torquay? I'm I'm optimist. I
2: mean, I'm happy because we got our midfielder finally, and a and a quality one at that. Good friend of mine is a Gillingham fan and spoke very complimentary of Tom O'Connor. You know, we spoke to people around Burton. They really like him, and I know. You know, he was speaking to certain people at the club, certain a certain Louis Malt um, among them that that were talking very highly of Rexham, and he he looks, mate, he, he seems quite a, a, a soft talky. You know, he doesn't seem like the the kind of the Jamie Tolly of the dressing room as we had on a few weeks ago. But I think he's a really quality addition, and you know what, I, I hope we see him in midfield, but. As we'll get on to, I, I, I don't know if he'll need to, to be sort of deployed at, at left centre-back because things are not looking good for Harry Lennon, which is, which is really sour in my mood because he's been brilliant. We've said on these pods before, haven't we, Rich, that he's been up there with Mullen as, as one of our players of the season. But yeah, it, I mean, you, maybe you can elaborate, but it really doesn't sound very good for,
1: for Harry Lennon. No, exactly. I mean, it's going to be a couple of weeks before they can even assess his situation again and... Phil Parkinson has come out and, and addressed that, and you know it could potentially be him out for the season anyway. It could even be one where he comes back maybe with a few weeks left of the season, but by that stage we might have momentum, we might have an established lineup, in, in which case maybe you, you don't really put him back in any in any way. And like you said said there, it's just been it's really annoying because it just felt like the wheels were turning and we were, we were really getting somewhere. Now, Lennon's going to be out for the foreseeable future. Mullen's banned for four games. That promising strike partnership's been torn apart as well. And it just feels like we're having to do things the extra hard way, the Wrexham way, as as you would. You know, we're just making it even harder for ourselves, which is, you know, that is just the DNA of the club, I suppose. But yeah, Harry <laughs> Lennon sounds like he will be sidelined for, for a while, like I said, coming up, Mark Crichton's gonna speak specifically on that situation and give us his, his take on who should come in. Um of course Max Clayworth has been there in the last couple of games. He he's looked decent as well, but in terms of a long term solution, who knows if he's if he's ready for that? I guess that's the ultimate acid test, but it's exciting and so encouraging to see youngsters getting a, a chance again in the first team and a proper chance at that. Not just token sort of minutes, these are meaningful matches they're playing in. So that is a that's an encouragement. Like I said, we are recording this at the time, Wrexham 6th in the table, 5 points off top. Home form's been a bit crap all season, hasn't it? We're 11th there, but we've got so many home games coming up as well. If we can make the Kairas a fortress, then it really is still in our hands and every team's going to drop points, aren't they? It's just about finding those two cliches, really, that momentum and consistency.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic going to Torquay, to be honest. I think I think that's a good game for us. You know, they're not right at the bottom and so we'll we'll dig in I think they're, they're a kind of top 10 top 12 team that, that will really go for it and, and will want to beat us you know they, they drew with us at home didn't they spoiled Rob Ryan's visit and I'm sure they'll be back soon hopefully we get a win that time but you know I think I think that's quite a good matchup for us against Torquay be interesting to see if Danny Wright plays again Danny Wright and Ollie Palmer that's the sort of uh, gladiator battle of the two strikers but yeah on, on the Mullin front again Mozer gets onto it about you know who he would play and i won't give away who he says but i think i i, I have a different view on, on who that should be it's just such a shame rich because i i you were at the game maidenhead game i was not i was listening to it and obviously you, you're listening you can't really get a sense of of the challenge and as soon as i saw the clip i, I knew that it, it was game over for for mullin you know is it this well that'll be seven games he's missed now purely from bans against Maidenhead so look he clearly doesn't like Maidenhead hopefully we get out of that league and he never sees Maidenhead again or they go out the, the other way but it's it's so frustrating and as well and, I, and and again just a word as well on kind of frustrations I was quite frustrated not necessarily because they should be getting game time but I was frustrated for Cam Green just because look I'm happy that he's gone out on loan and, and he said he wants to go and play with a smile on his face, but it's just bitterly disappointing. You know, we've been banging the drum since we've been doing this podcast, Rich, really, for him to get minutes. It just hasn't happened. What I would say, and I said it on Twitter Spaces the other night, thanks for all the support on Twitter, by the way. Do go follow us at Rob Ryan Red um, on Twitter. That's really good. Um, lots of support for your tweet, Rich, the other day about Doug Tharm, uh, who has gone on to go to Blackpool. So congratulations to Doug. Great to see a former... What
1: do we say Wrexham alumni? Oh, that's yeah, I suppose. So. I mean, alumni. Yeah. It's one of those where it's exciting, great for him, but it's also why did we let him and Leo Smith? Oh, that's both, terrible. We released them both yeah. in the same summer under Yaza. Brian
2: Hughes. Yeah, yeah. that's Paul. Uh, that's 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 why short termism bites you on the backside, because you know, not saying I'm not saying that we'd have gone with a back three now of of say Doug, uh, Max Cleworth, and 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 someone else, but clearly Doug. Is a, is a talented defender. Anyway, that is that is one for another day, Rich, because without further ado, I think it's better that Look, email us, tweet us, tweet us at RobRyanRed, email us, robryanred at gmail.com. Give us five stars if you can. That would be very nice of you on uh, Spotify. It's almost my birthday, so that would be very nice if you do that. Uh, we appreciate all of you who have done already. Uh, but without further ado, Rich, I think you should probably introduce... Um, the chat that that was had with, with Moser and Beast.
1: Yeah, and maybe just a caveat to this as well. Myself and Moza were both in our respective homes recording this. The Beast was in transit to Clan Didno. So, um, yeah, if he drops out, I think there's two questions where the Beast signal does drop out a bit. Um, we might edit that out in the final cut anyway, if it doesn't sound too right. But just bear with us. This is just the pure raw audio. You know, this is what you want to hear. I know myself and Nave like giving our opinions, but when morel or creighton speak you listen don't you so yeah without further ado we talk about like i said to the start the season so far the, the transfer window and what we think will happen in the second half of the season as well so like Nave said if you are enjoying this podcast as well please do leave a like and subscribe if you're new around here but yeah let's get on with this one how are you doing right? yeah
0: Oh here yeah, he, he is! Here he is! Look at that shirt, Wilders. <laughs> <is>? I know.
1: <laughs> He's been in his legal chat. He's been all very professional. So, yeah.
0: Most well, some of us have got proper jobs these days, mate.
3: No, mate, I'm still a I'm still a player in art. <laughs> <You're
0: always> <laughs>
1: <out>. <laughs> right, I'm delighted to say that we're joined on today's podcast by Andy Morell and by Mark Crichton. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, chaps. Uh, just over halfway through the season, then Wrexham sixth in the table, five points off top. Andy, we'll start with you on this one. I know that when you look at the table sixth, maybe you look far down, but like I said, only two wins, and and the table can change quite quickly. Do you think this is about where you predict Wrexham to be at the midway point at the start of the season?
3: I think I think so. With a with a new manager, etc., coming in and getting used to the players, getting a few new players in. I definitely think that they are they're right in the mix, you know and I think you know you've just seen in January they've flexed their muscles a little bit with the three players that they've brought in and that hopefully will be the, the kick on if they that they needed to, to really push on and, and try and get that top spot because I still think it's up for grabs.
1: currents would you say the same on that?
0: Absolutely. I think I've, I'm lucky enough to have seen a few games as as Mosler and um, I think we all know that we haven't really played that well yet either. So, you know, we're a bit up and down with that. And I think, having given the circumstances that Moza just mentioned, we'd have we'd have bitten your hand off to say that, you know, we'd be up there in the mix at this point, especially not having played that well. Um, yeah. Hopefully now we can kick on and, and, you know, really push for it.
1: Has he gone no. down a hole? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we'll bear these technical issues if we could do. I was going to ask you on this then, Moza. You.
0: There's not much room for error, but like Moza He's said, we've flexed down more, brought him.
1: Yeah. No, oh, oh. not. Okay, Moz, I'll come to you on this one then. As as Craig said there, we haven't really played well this season. What have you made of the actual sort of tactical shape we've gone about it? And we've sort of gone, it seems like to me as a fan watching, we've gone sort of consequentialism, like if we get promoted, it doesn't matter how we play, which, you know, after so long in the National League makes sense. Do you think we are playing to our strengths with the, with the sort of setup we've got at the moment?
3: Yeah, I'm probably a bit surprised that we've not really seen a, a philosophy coming out if that makes sense. We've not seen a really identity that that what Rex them are. Are they, are they a longer ball team and they get it wide to their wing backs and get crosses in? Or are they a, a passing team play out from the back? You know, I haven't really been able, the games that I've seen to nail down what exactly they are. But what they are is a group of lads that seem quite tight. They grit in and they work hard for each other. And they've got a couple of players that are better than the league for me. And and they're winning games by not conceding many and and scoring a few, a few. Do you know what I mean? And so, does it matter if you've not got a philosophy and an identity? If you're if you're still scraping games, I'm not sure. And like you said, if they get up, I don't think anybody cares how mm. they play. Do you know what I mean? It won't be. They'll look back on it and go, oh, as a dreadful promotion." It'll, do you know what I mean? It'll be a. We just <laughs> got out of the league. We had to do it by hook or by crook. And they've, what they have done is they've gone they've gone big. We've got. Big big unit of a team. We've got big six six foot plus centre halves. We've got a six foot plus midfielder. Now we've got six foot plus striker. Do you know what I mean? You've yeah. got a size in all departments, which which is not easy to play against. So, and they're looking at probably scoring a lot of set pieces off the back of it with the long throw, etc. So, I, I think that um, yeah, I, I would like to have seen a bit more of an identity, but where they are at the moment, they are sitting pretty in the playoffs. They've strengthened and looking to kick on for the last half of the season. And maybe that identity comes with just getting to know each other and relationships, really.
1: Yeah. Speaking of maybe having beasts on the pitch, in terms of the the recruitment then, I mean, this season, against other sort of playoff teams, I do think we've been a bit weak and a bit too easy to play against. We've not really had that authority on the pitch. Like Andy said there, we've, we've reinforced that with some bigger players who can handle themselves. Do you think that success in the National League is about being sort of streetwise and being able to to handle yourself on the pitch.
0: Absolutely. I think it's, um, you look at the teams who've got promoted over the years, and they've all been big, powerful sides, you know, with the odd little bit of flair and talent in there. And that's how you get out of this level. You know, it's, I, I don't really give two dams how we play, as long as we, it's all about winning, you know, and if you, if, if you win a game by rolling up your sleeves and having a and having a scrap for 90 minutes, that's just as good a win for me as if you, you know, you play your free-flowing football and you win 3-0. I don't, I really don't care. And I don't think, I think Mods are spot on. I don't think the supporters will care because all it will say is promoted. They won't care of what it looked like on a Saturday. They'll just be, you know, half of them will be pissed for about two weeks and they won't give a damn. So, um... Yeah, I think size is, is very important for me. I think the only sort of philosophy I saw was I think we do play quite a bit of long football. So I think Ollie was uh, was something we needed probably from the beginning of the season if that was the way we were going to play. I do, I mean, I love I love Reese Hall-Johnson. I think he's fantastic. You know, if we can get him pushed up the pitch as well and delivering balls into the box for the likes of Oli, then hopefully he's going to score us a few goals. And I think it was in 2018-20. Uh, to 20, where he had his best spell uh, for, for scoring goals, and that was for Crawley, I believe. So, you know, that's dead, that's the sort of level, you know, and, and if you're spending that sort of money, that's the sort of return you want on goals. So hopefully you can get to that. But one thing I did notice about, uh, obviously he had a dream debut, Oli did, mm. but I, I see that it's the best I've seen Paul Mullin play that I've seen personally, because he seemed to uh, thrive off playing with that big man so that the emphasis wasn't on Paul so much. Um, so hopefully that'll mean that we'll see a little bit more from Paul And he hasn't got to do that side of his game Which you know, is probably not his strength If, if yeah. we're honest
1: Yeah I've got to ask you that Andy Because like Craig said there This season like Mullen has hardly had the ball In between the two posts He's always having to drop back to midfield to get possession He always wants to be playing up front with himself Because he's having to put the balls in He's having to do so much work For yourself do you think it was key that we got a target man He can just hold it up Make sure that the Mullen's getting the ball in the box
3: yeah, well, I think we I think we had it with Hyde. Do you know what I mean? I think they were looking that that was a partnership that could really work. And uh, unfortunately, Hyde's been a little bit injury prone. You know, recently he's picked up a couple of niggles and stuff, which have really, really forced his hand to maybe go into the market for a main strike. You know, you've obviously got Kwame who would, would be that target man. But again, coming back from I a mean, long-term injury, it's going to take him a while to get back mm-hmm. up to speed. So as they are now, they're sitting okay. They're, they're able to go into the market and go and get a League One striker who's who fits the bill, do you know what I mean? That That's the muscle that they have at the moment. And so, certainly, I think that will take a lot of pressure off Mullen. It brings in somebody that's, one, equally well-paid, and so the pressure's not all in because you've got the big price tag and et coming in, and, and there's a couple of them taking it. And also, that that physicality up there, Mullen will be able to do his thing, you would hope. Um, and, and score even more
1: goals with that type of service and that type of strength up next to him. I've, we talk about home form as well. I mean, when I think back to you both playing, you went to every game and just expected us to win. We were that sort of confident. We were playing with so much, yeah, like I said, just that confidence, that momentum built. This season, we've got the 11th best home record, the third best away record. Why do you think it is that we've been so... We just really haven't come out of our shell at home. I know we've not played as many as other teams in the league, so we probably are about seventh, or eighth. You know, actually, if you, if we had played them the same amount of games, but why do you think it is? We've struggled at home. Every game has felt the same, really.
0: Pressure. I'm sorry, sorry yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to say. Is that it's pressure, and and they look nervous to me. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole takeover. You know, it's it's phenomenal, and n- nobody would have ever dreamt it in a million years, but. You've got to bring players in who can handle that pressure. You know, when you're in front of 9,000 fans at a home game, they expect you to win. Now, that's just that's just double down on the pressure that you're expected to win anyway. So, I, yeah, Moz nail now on the edit, It's all about pressure. And that's where, you know, you look at bringing in new signings, um, you know, that have had success and that have tasted promotion, that know what it's, it takes to play in front of big crowds. Um, that's, that's what we need. Um all over the pitch for for us to be successful at home
1: Yeah in terms of the Andes, do you think there is any sort of short term fix that could make us better at home or do you think it is just all about getting those wins getting the confidence up
3: It is confidence yeah and that belief in the squad that you are capable of winning any game um, but again it comes with, with momentum and comes with winning do you know what I mean and it, they are doing that and they're free flowing free scoring away from home aren't they they're, they're doing very well away from home that's Great, I think it's just pretty much the amount of goals that they've scored at home. They've not had they've had chances to score, they're just not taking them. But mm. um, there's certainly a an added pressure and a type of player that you need that can that can handle that. And there's not many around that are non-league. Do you know what I mean? Non-league players that are playing in front of nine thousand every other week, and that's why I think they've gone and got the three lads that they've brought in because they've all played in front of crowds, so they all know exactly what it's like. To play, I don't think any of them would have dropped out the lead to play for anybody else, bar Wrexham, because of the crowds that they bring in and the giant that it could be. And so hopefully those three will make the, massive, the big difference to when things aren't going great, when you're nil-nil at home to Wealdstone or whoever, and the crowd are a little bit touchy and edgy. They're the ones you hope that stand up your Tozers and your Mullins. Are, Just give me the ball. Just keep doing what we're doing because we're going to get, don't worry about the crowd. Let them do their thing, we'll just keep doing it and we'll just keep winning. And sometimes people can go hiding a little bit when when the pressure's on. So hence the what why is he bring a bit of experience to that to that squad?
1: Yeah, I was gonna ask you. Oh. I was go and get on to transfers maybe later on, but I'll come to it now. Are you surprised that we didn't try and sort of buy a player from one of our rivals in non-league? I know that we've we've got this approach where we want to try try to get maybe high reputation players from the football league someone who is just better for this level. Are you surprised me that they don't try buy someone who's a talent at non league level already you who know, already knows just how gritty and horrible it is down here.
3: Well I think all the signings that you know they're they're 30, 29, 28 they're right in their prime. I, I, would, I would I would say, do you know what I mean, they've played and they're they're still looking to kick on with their careers and stuff and Wrexham would be, is a great I know that they're not over the hill, but they are they're looking that maybe the next contract is their last pay one. Do you know what I mean? They're decent pay one. And so why not go and take a Wrexham, who are massive in that league, and get them up and get out? That's a brilliant thing to have on your CV. And it's a great reason. Uh, going out and taking somebody from an opposition is all well and good. But the opposition, they, they're not in a position where they have to sell. Your Stockports and your other teams that are pushing, your Chesterfields, they're never gonna sell, regardless of what you offer, because they don't have to. When we sold fouls to Fleetwood, we sort of had no ch- we had to take the money. Do you know what I mean? We have to, we the money was there, fouls didn't want to be there. And so you get in the a situation where you've got to take got to take what you can get, really. So other clubs don't have to be in that position because they've got wealthy owners anyway. So um I think going into the, the league, buying experience. Lads that have played non-league as well at some point in their career potentially also helps because they also see and know what it's about. Um, but the three, you know, they've, they've
1: strengthened each department and I think that, that their business has been half decent, you know? Yeah, correct. So i was got to come to you on in terms of defence now as well. Obviously with Lennon out for a while. What what have you made of the back three this season in general and um, the way that we've we played?
0: To be fair, I've, I, I like Lennon. I think he's decent um, and, I, and I think... His injuries are the reason why he hasn't, you know, played, you know, for a longer period higher up the leagues. Because um, I think his ability-wise, absolutely, I think the, the first few times I saw uh, saw Aaron play, um, he was okay, but he wasn't as as dominating as I'd like uh, my centre back to be uh, at this level. But then I have to say I, I saw him obviously play the other night against Grimsby, and I thought he was excellent. Um, so you know he's he's come on, he's found his feet, and it, that's the sort of player that, that Mars is referring to that. You know, you want them to step up when the chips are down now, uh, with that experience, and say, "Look, hang on, it's all right. Don't worry about the crowd. Let's keep doing what we're doing." That—that's what you need. Um, so I think, you know, and from what I hear, he's—he's he's done very, very well of late. Um, I think he's obviously. I think he's learned
3: right. I—I th- think he's learnt from the first seven or eight games what it takes to be that right-sided. Yeah of a three, centre-half at a big club, you know, and I think he's took that on board and now he is an absolute machine, isn't he, of a, of a size, of a brute of a guy and he's started to score goals. Yeah. That gives confidence and the confidence just breeds then and I think he's been he's been really good, you know, definitely recently and I didn't think it was that bad to start with, you know what I mean? But he, again, just finding his feet.
0: Yeah, you know what I'm like? I just like I just like center halfs winning every single header, uh, which is, you know, that was what I prided myself on. So, and I just didn't think he won enough there Uh, he seems decent in the opposition box which I mean arguably you could say that 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 was my my weaker point I didn't score enough goals and he seems to be quite decent in that respect but from what I saw the other night he was much much better strong in the tackle he's got decent ability on the ball as well I think he's a a, he looks a good acquisition now Uh, but we've obviously got a a gap to fill now obviously Cleworth played the other night and he dropped back in there you know at, at one point and yeah, I mean, he's young and it's going to be tough for him, you know, if he's up against bruises that you do get in that, at that level. Um, you know, uh, Tozer can play back there as well. But do you want him back there? Do you want his experience in the middle of the park? So he's got he's got a little bit of a headache in, in, in that respect. Um, but we do now have uh, a much bigger squad um, with people that can you can swap and move around. And I know the boy he's brought in um, in the middle of the park, Tom O'Connor, you know, he also mentions that he can play in the back in the back three or back four. So he's given himself options, which you know, Mazzar will know better than me. That's as a manager that you, you need to have those because injuries will come, suspensions will come, and you have to be able to jiggle it around and and still be as strong as you were the week before. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was going to ask. So, in terms of if Lennon's out for the foreseeable futures, it looks who who. What would your back three be uh, at the moment then?
0: To be fair, if I were if I was uh, Rob and Ryan, I'd be phoning up the beast. I'd be saying, "Listen, <laughs> write your own check. Uh, how much do you want?" Um, ain't yeah, playing on, on
3: the left. left. No chance.
0: <laughs> <And I'm> not... <laughs> yeah, no, that's a fair comment. They're not going to phone me because I can't play on the left. Um, I think for me, I think I would probably go as opposed to putting uh, Cleworth back there. I think I'd have to, I'd have to try and fit Ben in there, Ben Tozer, um to, to plug the gap for now. I mean, I don't. How, how long is Lennon looking to be out for?
1: It's, it sounds like he's just had surgery. I think it, it's looking for a month or two at least. And I, think I did see one wow. saying he could be out for the rest of the season, but that's just speculative at the moment. Right. Time, so,
0: so, so in in that case, it might. Be, i might dip into the loan market if we can, um, and see if we can get a loanee in. Uh, to plug that gap because um, I, I think I would prefer to have Ben as a number six and just playing just in front of that uh, the, of the back three or back four and and let Jordan Davis and Younger kick on then or Tom you know finally we've got another option he, in
3: there Where do you see McFadzine fitting in then? Is he the left wing back now is he? or?
0: Yeah I, I would say so uh, for me uh, I, and again I don't know a fat lot about him uh, I don't know whether you do Moz but yeah for me okay. I think we've been successful whenever I've seen us when Reese or Johnson and it was Jamie Record before that, they get forward and they get up the pitch. And I think if you mm-hmm. are going to play three centre halves, you have got to give your full backs licence to do that. Because that's that's where I think we've looked our most effective.
3: Agree. Uh, but, I think Matt Linden's done well though, hasn't he? In the last sort
0: yeah. of Yeah, so decent. He's got my good. he's got my sort of pace him. He's really quick, and <laughs> he so uh, yeah, I like him and he's and he's, he's quicker. But I'm only joking, obviously, but he's he's great at running with the ball at his feet, at pace as well, which is you know the yeah. probably the last person I saw with that was 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 Siz, um, but you know I think with Siz he's probably down forwards, his end product. Whereas you know McIlinden looks looks decent too with that as well. His end product scored. Yeah. listen, I think you I think you're right. I think they do look like a tight knit group of players, and they're all they're all giving it their absolute all. Um, but it's not. It's a nice headache for, for Parking to have now that he's got some some serious options. But like you just said, he's he's brought McFadden in. You know, is that with a view to, to playing him? He's given the number three shirt. So is he going to be involved now? It's it's great to see we've got serious competition for places now. I wouldn't have minded the budget. I have to say, <laughs> at the minute, uh, you know that. That's, yeah, same. Because I'd have had I'd have had a massive chunk of it. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I've got to come to you on strikers then, Andy. Um, obviously, Mullen out now for four games with suspension, basically missed five games because he got sent off so early on. First of all, before we got into our replacement, as a manager yourself, would you, the, the thing that makes Mullen so great is that tenacity, isn't it? And he plays on those margins, as you call it. But would you be annoyed as a manager when he's going to those sort of tackles four minutes into a game for no real reason?
3: Yeah, I think possibly not. Not the one that he got sent off for the other day. I think the one earlier on in the season is probably a little bit more petulant, I suppose, and stuff that, that doesn't need to be done. We had rules in place, you know, if you got sent off for misconduct, et cetera, that you, you would, you would be fined heavily. Cause I think it's foolish to, to be missing games for, for daft misconduct, but he's gone, he's gone for the ball for the first one. He's just got it wrong, hasn't he? That, re- that latest one. And it looked a little bit nastier from a different angle, but um yeah, I think that tenacity is what, what makes him so so good. And so I don't think you want to take that out of his game. I think it's just the the, the petulant ones that are, mm. are a little bit more frustrating for a manager, if you like. Um, but he's been, for me, he's been really good. He's worked tirelessly on his own for his own purpose, if you like, because he's not had a great deal of help up and around there, scored some really important goals. He looks a different class for me to, to what, He's in the league, and uh, and yeah, we j- you just we're gonna miss him. I have to say, I think we're gonna miss him for the next four games. Um, that that just that little bit of quality up at the other the top end of
1: the pitch, yeah, like Craig said, you, you...
0: I, 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 I agree with that to be fair. I think I think he has been fantastic and he has done a lot of the work on his own and a, you know, under so, so much amounts of pressure as well. You know, such a, a big money signing and. You know, everybody singing, we've got Paul Mullin every two minutes is, you know, adding to that pressure all the time. And, but I, I, I disagree with Mozart's comment about the, the sending off recently. I think it was a, it was a crap tackle. Like what what I don't understand why he's even bothering, you know, when he's gone in, boots high. You, you're, giving, you're giving the ref an option to, to do something like that. And we know they're they're a bag of crap at this level. So don't even give them the option to do it. Like you say, it's four minutes into a game. It's not in a dangerous area of the pitch. Just leave it. Um, you know, he says he slips. He does slip, but after he's already committed to make the tackle. Um, So for me, I I think that was a poor decision on his part, really, to even attempt to win it.
1: Yeah. And like I said, it's just so annoying that this Palmer-Mullen partnership was starting to look really good and now it's been taken away for us for four games. Andy, in terms of who would replace Mullen, like you said, you can't really replace him directly, but we've got Angus, Ponticelli, Kwame probably wouldn't because he's more of a Palmer substitute, but, who would you have up front for these next few games? Yeah,
3: it's a it's a good question. I um I would I would probably go with with Pond Jelly at the minute. I think he's done well when he's been asked of. He scored a couple of goals as well, so I think he's probably chomping at the bit. He's he's probably been a bit frustrated with everything that's that's happened. He gets injuries. He, he seems to get a little run in, in the team. He has two or three games maybe, and then either gets a little niggle or comes out the team or. He just needs to try and stay in for five six games and really nail down that that spot because he works so so hard and maybe too hard at times. It, it was a thing that was leveled at me when I I played was you're, you're miles away from goal majority of the time. So how are you expected to to score all the goals? But that's for your team. He works so so hard, which is some a great attribute to have. I would just like him to be in the in between the posts a little bit more, and I don't see why that that can't happen now that they've got a, a Palmer up. Maybe with him, he can he can maybe work and gamble off that a little bit more with his work rate because at some point the centre halves they switch off. So on one of them, if you keep gambling and you've got the energy to keep gambling, you hope that a, a flick on or whatever will will fall for you, and it's the one that the one that you do gamble on and the centre halves fall asleep on. So I would probably go with that, but again, Dior would be no no mean feat. Do you know what I mean to put him yeah. up with Palmer and let. Palmer take the physicality and let Dior run off him because he's quick and can read the game. he scored goals at this level. So I think you've got a good little conundrum. I think either of them would, would be fine. It's just personal preference, really, for Parky, I suppose.
0: And to be honest, isn't that refreshing that you have got a little bit of a headache with it? Because we haven't had that for a long time where you're thinking, actually, there's there's... there's there's a couple of lads i could throw in here and i, and I know i'll get something good out of them like i, I like Ponty and i think he's probably he's probably the one that has deserved the opportunity but mm. like you say so you know so so as dior you know dior's done well whenever he plays and he scored goals so you know both of them having them two as an option i think he's great ideally yeah everybody wants paul Mullion in the team but he's not so we need to now need to turn to The rest of the squad, and and they're two great options. I also love Kwame, but like you say, he's a a replacement for Palms. Really, if if he's not playing,
3: yeah, you could probably go meet Linden up there as well. If, yeah, if you you really had, do you know what I mean? If you wanted to change something up with his energy and that, he has certainly got options, which is for the last three or four years. You know, I was talking about the the transfer window this time last year. Do you know what I mean? You, You look at the types of players that came in in January to try and push them over the line and no disrespect to them it, it's just a billion miles away from the three that they've brought in this year do you know what I mean and, and the way that they've strengthened so you can just tell that the kid well, is really it was
0: the same for you it was the same for you Moz when you know we got 98 points and we got to January and I'm sure you'd have loved to no disrespect but I'm sure you'd have loved to assign someone a little bit better than Delhi Adabola that you know we could have thrown in there and you know, and really kicked us on and took some heat off, you know, Danny Wright and, and yeah. Um, But your hand, like you say, your hands are tied and it's great now that we've we've got that muscle and the firepower to go, right, do you know what, we'll go and get you.
1: Mm. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Got, yeah. They're, got, a, they're just
0: in a different stratosphere at the
1: minute. Yeah, I've got to ask you yeah. both now just about that January spending. Obviously, like you said, two of the players I haven't actually played yet in, in O'Connor and McFadsey in. But do you, are you impressed by that by that recruitment? Do you think that was enough players in? Do you think that's all the areas of concern that have been addressed or are we being greedy asking for more? Yeah, I, I personally don't, I th- don't think they're a million miles away,
3: you know, as a group. And so you don't want to bring too many in because it impacts lads that were playing, moved down to the bench. They're not happy. Do you know what I mean? More players are out the squad. They're not happy. Very, very difficult to keep that. That same culture in your squad, if you've got that many players. Now, when you're winning, everybody's okay because you, you can't say anything. It's when things start going a little bit awry that that can um, that things can go start going wrong. So, yep, three I think is ideal. Bring three in, really strengthen the eleven, the starting eleven potentially, uh, or definitely the 15, 16 that they've got, and and hopefully they bed in and they they come into a culture that is strong already. So. You hope that they they sit in and take it on.
1: Yeah, I'll ask you a similar question there, Kreitz. In terms of in terms of if you're in a squad and the manager brings in someone else in your position season like I'm thinking of someone like Jake Hyde, you know, he's sidelined now, and then now there's six strikers that he's got to compete with. and you know, when he comes back, he's going to be well down the pecking order. I guess that's the the human side that you don't always see when you talk about transfers, isn't it? Because we just look at it as like a spreadsheet, like like it's FIFA or Football Manager. Oh, let's get this player in; it's going to just work wonders. But you've got to think about the people already at the club as well.
0: Yeah, listen, it's the way the cookie crumbles. At the end of the day, you know, Jake was brought in to be a, you know, I'm sure on that first eleven team sheet and. For whatever reason, he's had a lot of injuries, and again, is that why he's not kicked on and, and gone on and done and done? Uh, uh, well, had a career higher up the leagues. Who knows? But at the end of the day, that's where I think Mazda's spot on. Parky's going to really earn his money by trying to keep everybody happy. Uh, that's that's going to be the biggest. So, so for me, the, the minute this takeover happened every time you go in for a player now, you're going to have to probably spend double what you would have spent if you if you didn't have those sort of owners. The wage demands are up. You know, then then you're bringing people in on, you know, we all know the sort of money that these players are being paid. But then you're going to have the likes of, like, you Luke Young, and um, you know, I know Jordan Davis just signed a new deal, but players are thinking, hang on a minute, like, when am I going to get my slice of the pie? You know, it, it, there's loads to being a manager that, I guess you don't really think about so much as you know, as, as just a general fan. You know, luckily Mozza didn't have really really have that problem because his, his budget was was fairly modest. But um, that's where Parky, for me, is going to earn his money because keeping a, a squad that size happy and, and the players knowing what other people are earning and it's and it's you know, it's big money. That's that's going to be hard to manage, in my opinion. Uh, and like Mozza said, everything's everything's always good when when you're winning. It's easy then but it's when you're losing uh, that there's a problem. But for Jake, at the end of the day, if he's bringing in replacements, he's he's doing it because he knows he's not got Jake in his team at the minute. And he's not just going to sit and wait for him. We need to get promoted. And I'm sure that's probably the remit from the owners that, right, we get out of this league this year. That's why they've spent the money they've spent just. So, you know, for Jake, he's just got to knuckle down, get himself as fit as he can, strengthening the areas where he's obviously got issues. And it's the same for any other player, you know, the same for Dior. Same for Ponticelli. One of them's going to get an opportunity now. But whenever I was in a team, you know, and, and and there was additions brought in and they, you know, played in my position, it just just made me mentally stronger to make sure that they didn't take my shirt. You know, my and I'm sure every other manager out there still says that, you know, if you've got the shirt, keep it. Yeah. It's on you to keep that shirt. So you have to perform, you have to train well, you have to be a good person around the club. If you do that, then you keep the shirt. So it don't matter who comes in. That's the mentality they've got to have. And they've got to want to be out there. You know, who would not want to be part of that team right now and starting those games in front of 9,000 fans at the racecourse? Like you'd have to be bonkers not to be part of it. So surely that, that kicks you on even more to want to get on that, you know, in that, in that squad or certainly in the starting 11 as well.
3: I would, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. And it, it is all about the characters that you bring in. You know, it's not just necessarily they're decent on the pitch, but the character that they are off it. And if you are left out, are you one that sulks and moans and blames everybody else? Or are you one that that just goes and roll up the sleeves and, right, I'm going to get my shirt back. And if I get 20 minutes, I'm going to prove in 20 minutes that you made the wrong decision and and you should have played me. And the next game, if yeah. you only get half an hour, that half an hour is your full game and you go for it and, and you try and rip that shirt and, and make it impossible for the the manager to to leave you out and if you've got that attitude then the group is improved immensely by the people behind it they're the they're the unsung heroes really the 11 that play then they do their thing but it's the ones behind them that push them every week to keep that shirt on their back that are are the unsung heroes and the ones that drive your team on to, to success
1: Guess final sort of question for you both. Corrects. So we saw you at Notts County away with Danny Ward the other week, which we are sure you enjoyed that away day, getting to be in amongst the fans. But what have you two made yeah. of the of the sort of rivals in, in the in the division this season? Who do you see as the the sort of favourites that we are really competing with? Because obviously some teams will fall away probably in in the new year as we are now. But who who do you think are the real deal this season?
0: It's it's Stockport and Notts County. You know they've they've got a bit of firepower as well. They've got they've got money, like Mozer said. If you were to try and nick one of their players,
3: that's the best he sounded all day.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you wouldn't get him. I,
3: I would. Uh, yeah, I'd go. I'd go Stockport. I'd go Chesterfield and Notts County. All of them, three big clubs with good followings, all would expect to be. I know Chesterfield have had their little bit of a, a wobble up, as in with manager, etc. Nobody really knows what's going on there, so. That's a bit up in the air, but Stockport, for me, strong financially, got a very good manager in place who's been there and done it, and and uh, and Knotts County uh, have got the backing of a, of a of a decent squad and some very good players and a, and a new manager that that likes to play the right way. So, you know, I, I don't think. But then you've got. You know, the old Bromleys and Boreham Woods who have been in and around it for a couple of years that you don't really know a lot about. It's, it's the Sutton United of last year, isn't it? The World surprise package that that come from nowhere and just keep winning and keep winning, and nobody can stop that momentum and train. So I think it's going to be fascinating because somebody's got to miss out. Somebody that's chucked a lot of money at it is going to miss out, and, and how they react to it and go again next year, it, it was going to be really interesting to see. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the running. I think there's going to be some massive games coming up and I think it's the team that, that can just graft in and dig in and I think that is one thing that this Wrexham team have is, is certainly a backbone and, and one where they can dig in and, and find a way of winning a game, whether they play football and football a team to death or whether they dig in and grind and, and don't kick it anywhere but one time in the goal and win 1-0. I think they've certainly got that in in
1: abundance. Yeah, exactly. Correct. To come to you finally on that, and then they you know, maybe cut you off a bit there with the, with the signal. But um, for you, yeah. are you think of the same? Nots County, Stockport, Chesterfield, and
0: yeah, I, th- I mean they're they're all big clubs. You know, they're, they're football league clubs in effect, um, really. And and yeah, I, d- I don't know how much you heard of me before, but you know they've got they've got good backing. They've got good crowds. I think, you know, like Mozza just said, there it is going to be interesting to see which one of them misses out because there's been some. There's been some money spent, for sure, uh, across the whole board of them. So I, I, I like to think that we've got a little bit more now. Uh, I'm a bit more optimistic for, for our prospects, having seen the business we've done now. Certainly with Ollie Palmer, I think we've missed that sort of player since Kwame got injured at the end of last year. I think that's been uh, a big a big piece of our Puzzle that's been missing. So I like that one. Um I, I, I think we've got half a sniff in it now. I really do. We do need to improve the home form, and I think we've got we've got quite a few home games coming up now on the bounce. Which there we go. That'll be the proof in the pudding, won't it? We need to uh, we need to make sure that we we pick up probably. Well, you're, you're going to have to sort of say at this stage of the season, maximum points from our home games. Um, if we do that, then we've got a right chance we have got a right chance and uh, it's exciting really really exciting and uh, I can't wait to see how it plays out and I'll be there as well <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's what we love to see and yeah like you said it's it's just exciting I think sometimes even after the draw like made, we had the weekend you just got to enjoy it you don't know how long these things are going to last for do you so you've got to just build on that momentum I guess the final question I'm going to ask you both maybe a bit of an unfair one where do you think Rexham will sort of end up this season do you think it will be maybe a title challenge or do, or do you think playoffs is looking the most likely
0: Do you want to go first, (laughs) Moss? Yeah, cheers, yeah. Um, no, I I,
3: personally I think that um I I don't think they'll get I don't think they'll win it. Um just from the the way that we've been playing. We haven't dominated teams. And when when I had Kreitz and Spatie and Keatsy and all them boys, we, we we dominated teams from from start to finish and we never really looked like um it never looked like a seeding. We always used to take the game to teams and that. And no, I just haven't I haven't quite seen that domination from, from the group that they've had. Maybe the three coming in might change that. But I just don't think I think I've seen that from Stockport at times. You know, they've they've dominated games and they're winning comfortably. So my my pick would be Stockport to win it and then uh definitely wreck some playoffs. And they have they've certainly got a chance on one-off games, their waveform's good, they've got massive crowd at home. It'd be absolutely bouncing in playoffs. And so you wouldn't you wouldn't back against them to, to go through the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I think I think I'd have to. I think it's a massive stretch to to, to win it outright. Um, where we are now, I think I think we've we've lost one or two too many games, uh, drawn too many games, uh, and I think I think it's a fair fair shout from us that we yeah, we haven't really dominated um, a team once. Yeah, I am more optimistic now with the signings we've made. I think we've strengthened in the right areas for me. Obviously, centre half's a, uh, a potential issue, but again, I still think he's got enough bodies to cope with that. I, I, I think I'd have to say more realistically, his playoff route. Um, I would love us to win it. And I think if we can I think if we win all of our home games, then we've got a right chance um, of, of of winning it. But yeah more like more than likely would be a would be a playoff spot and then yeah I'd, i mean you try and keep me away from that you know in the race course that would be absolutely bouncing uh, i'm sure Moz would be there as well so it, either way it's going to be an exciting finish and i expect us to be up there
1: it's the 90th minute all your mates are around you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer.